Welcome to It's an Honor Just to be Podcasted, a highly opinionated experiment in tricking my husband to giving a union about award shows. I'm Chris Basile, and we're going full circle with this one. I'm Alexander Price, and I don't know why we're on a Simpsons. Like Simpsons? Was that not a Simpsons reference? No, that was a um, Norma Ray. Oh. <laughs> Simpsons probably did it. So I mean, maybe. So this is a topic today that I've been wanting to do for a number of months now, but was not allowed to. And I'm sure you know what this is because it took over my life for a good month. Are you talking about SAG nominations? Yes. We're talking about the SAG Awards. Yeah, that... Specifically the television awards. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, it... (laughs) (laughs) I have not engaged with a lot of this because I don't want to watch TV shows that I don't want to watch. Right. So, to give a little bit of background to you, our single listener... Me? Yes. Oh. As you have to edit this stuff. Yeah. I uh, I think I've br- mentioned this a few times on this before. I am a member of SAG-AFTRA, and therefore I do get to vote for the SAG Awards every year. It's a lot of fun, and I get a lot of screeners, and I get to watch a lot of things. So I quite enjoy that. And I also take it very seriously, because if you haven't noticed, I love award shows. And you're obsessed? I am kind of obsessive about a lot of things. And I also want to make sure, like for... An average person, none of this really means anything, but this is the one time I could actually help out the careers of people who I respect and love. Sure. So for me, it's not the most important thing in the world. It's definitely not even the most popular award show, but it's something that I want to make sure I vote as best as I can. So I try to be very knowledgeable about it. Very informed. This year, I got a letter in the mail saying that I was part of, instead of just voting on the actual awards, I got put onto the nominating branch ooh, ooh, brag. Yeah, for uh, the television awards. This is something I didn't know about before this even happened. I assumed it was one group of people that voted on everything for the nominations. What they do is they separate the television and the movies into two separate groups, and they are responsible for coming up with the nominations for uh, the SAG Awards. Yeah, and then you quickly realized the reason that <laughs> the reason that they're separated is because it's an impossible task to bear to do the TV one in general. Well, it's an impossible task to do it if what you're trying to do is do it correctly. Something I've always noticed with the SAG Awards, and we'll jump ahead to this part, is they seem to vote a lot of the time for people, actors they like or shows they like, but don't really seem to go out of their way to discover new stuff. Right. It's kind of the same stuff over and over again. Right. Like, there's a reason why William H. Macy won multiple times and got nominated every year for Shameless, except for this year, is because they just like William H. Macy. I don't think even a lot of them watch that show. No, it, they like him. They know that he's on a show. Yeah. He's won, like, he's been nominated before. Like, it's... <laughs> yeah. And last year, John Krasinski uh, got nominated for the, the Tom Clancy show that he's on. I don't know if anyone actually watched that show, but they like him, so sure. he got a nomination. Sure. So that's jumping ahead, but I'm going to take a step back and do Alexander's favorite little bits here, the history <laughs> of... <laughs> it's the worst part. I know, but I have to. So first of all, it's still called the Screen Actors Guild Awards, but that's not the name of the union anymore. SAG-AFTRA. It's now SAG-AFTRA. Screen so, Actors Guild. And do you know what AFTRA stands for? Screen Actor... No. That's sad. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll give you a hint. It's spelled AFTRA. <laughs> Actors for Tony Recognition Award. First of all, it's the name of a union, not an award. <laughs> Well, let it's me... like actor something 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 association. Nope, you're oh, wrong geez. on both. Of these. <laughs> okay, so let me just first start with the one that you do know, the Screen Actors Guild. Uh, it was founded in 1933 as a union for actor for actors and background actors. Oh wait, is after I got it? Association for? Nope, nope. <laughs> both of those are wrong. Maybe I'll never tell you. Maybe this is just going to be the bit. No. Uh... But yeah, so SAG had founded in 1933 in March of that year with only six actors. Sa- six? Yep. Three months later, 21 actors served as the board members, but none of them were considered stars or big names. Working. Which is weird because one of Huffers. them is Boris Karloff, and he's just not considered... Cool. Yeah, a star. According to SAG's website. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah, they they specifically mentioned the names of the 21 people, but including Boris Karloff, and then immediately said, but clearly there are no stars. Karloff's (laughs) estate. The Karloff estate is not pleased. (laughs) Yeah. How Uh, rude. How rude that is to say about the people that founded your union. Yeah. That's so rude. And when one person is legitimately like, uh, still known. Yes. <laughs> and it's a website. They can change this. Yes, they can. Sag, you <laughs> are just mean. Anyways. Yes. The quote unquote stars at the time were members of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, which you'll remember from our Oscar podcast. You it's... assume I don't just immediately dump the knowledge out of my head once we <laughs> finish talking. It's the Academy for the Oscars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It I still know. is. And if you remember from when we talked about that, it's not just actors. It's a lot of producers. Right. Producers it's... tend to do more of it. Yeah. So And like head, like the heads of studios and exactly. stuff. Exactly. And so this is where it gets slightly interesting, I hope for you. So it's still in 1933, producers used uh, FDR's National Recovery Administration's proposed Motion Picture Code of Fair Competition act okay as a means amongst each other to not pay actors competing wages to work at your studio so it's a kind of like normalize it no because uh remember the studio system an actor worked for a studio directly it, right it meant that the producers or at least these big studio heads use it as a means to not be in such competition with each other that they had to pay actors very much. Like, say, Greta Garbo okay. would work for Universal on, like, a three-picture deal. Okay. Normally, what would happen is one of the other studios will go up to her and say, that's great, but for your next three pictures, we'll pay you this much to lure her away from that studio. Okay. These producers found out by using this act that they don't have to actually pay the actors that much. Okay. In that, And who made this? Uh, it was a proposed act that FDR was trying to do oh, because it was the okay. Great Depression, sure. and he was trying to find a way for costs to go down in general. Producers used it as a way. It's like, well, we'll keep our salaries, We're but get- we'll pay actors less. Oh, the rich are, <laughs> are horrible for us? Yeah. For everyone but themselves? Yep. Wow. So Shocking. Urged by Eddie Cantor. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wait because- a second. Eddie Cantor isn't... Is he one of the founding members? No, he's not. Okay. But because this happened and he saw what happened, he and a bunch of other stars 
then left the AMPAS for SAG in October of that year. So membership went from literally 80 people prior to this uh-huh. to 4,000 in three weeks because producers uh, were trying to screw over actors. And this was before it was very hard to become a member of SAG. Yeah. They just wanted people. They needed bodies. They needed everyone right. they could because that's the only way they, they could. That's the way a union works is to be able to bargain. Oh, yeah. And if I, I haven't made this abundantly clear, this is uh, SAG and after are unions. Yeah. They have fancy names, but, but they're unions. Yes. A little fun fact. This is a slightly off topic, but great for SAG. And I'm saying this sarcastically in case you can't tell from my voice. Um, during the McCarthy hearings, they did not stand behind their actors. It, what? Yeah. So at the time, the president of SAG was, fun fact, Ronald Reagan. And, you know what? I think he, I knew this. And, I, it, it, he was, uh, and he was known to the FBI as confidential informant T-10. And he made an official statement from SAG that they will root out commies within their own uh, membership. Cool. Cool, Ronnie. <laughs> yeah. And in 1997, during the 50-year commemoration speech, the then-president officially apologized Good. and said that we made a mistake. Good, yes. And in that speech, noted, well, one sister union did it correctly and stood behind their actors, and that was Actors' Equity. Oh. They did not uh, turn anyone over. Good. Yeah. Theater. <laughs> oh, and fun time to m- mention this. The motto for SAG, when it was founded, he best serves himself who serves others. So, good on you, SAG. Mm-hmm. Now to switch over to AFTRA, which... American... <laughs> okay, you got that one okay. right. Federation... Yes. ...of television... Yes. ...radio... Uh-huh. ...actors? Artists. Artists. Oh, my... Wow! <laughs> you went from failing completely to actually getting, like, an A- minus or B+. Plus. Uh, <laughs> uh, artists, actors... Okay, whatever. Oh, but they, they include, like, musicians and stuff. Yes. How did I get that? I don't know. <laughs> All right, so let me explain what this is. It's all that talk about McCarthyism. I think that, like... It just, like, a switch got turned <laughs> on your head. Yeah. The National Labor Relations Act, passed by Congress in 1935, emboldened radio artists from Los Angeles to band together and form the Radio Actors Guild. And I'm apologizing ahead of time because this... they. All these names, there's so many different unions that they consistently change names. So, RAG. So, certainly we're on RAG. At about the same time, Broadway actor George Heller began lobbying Actors' Equity Association in New York for a contract protecting radio artists. Okay. This led to the creation of Radio Equity. Okay. So, instead of Actors' Equity, it's Radio Equity. Two separate things? Or under what umbrella? Uh, It's under the umbrella of Actors' Equity. Okay. So, it's a sub-department. Basically. A sub-union? Sure. Okay. Then, in August 16th, 1937, Radio Equity and Radio Actors Guild was succeeded by the American Federation of Radio Artists. And there are now charters in Los Angeles, New York, and Chicago, because apparently at the time, all soap operas were done in Chicago. Uh, Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. AFRA. American Federation of Radio Artists. AFRA, RAG, and... Radio Equity. And RE. Yeah. So in 1939, after only two years of existence, AFRA covered 70% of live radio broadcasting through uh, collective bargaining agreements. And one person who led a lot of negotiations was Eddie Cantor. 
Oh, so Eddie Cantor just walks in, canters in, and is like, I'm taking over now. I'm the big star. Yes? This is this is my uh, Eddie Cantor impression, by the way. I mean, it is I've, spot on. I've been working on it for years. Yeah. You know what? You should put uh, go to SNL and try to get this character down. Hey, I'm Eddie. You can call me Mr. Cantor. Don't call me Eddie. <laughs> so stupid. And I... What's my favorite food? What's Eddie Cantor? My favorite food? <laughs> Word salad. <laughs> it's it, it was referencing. Yeah, no, I was waiting to see if you were going to continue. No. <laughs> okay. Not me, Eddie Cantor. Eventually, television becomes a thing, which we've talked about with the Emmys before. Uh, and there was a jurisdiction dispute over television performers. And the Associated Actors and Artists of America, the quadruple A, created mm -hmm. the Television Authority on April 16, 1950, which negotiated the first network television contract in December of that year. In They're just, ah, tough. Yeah. And then in 1952, on September 17th, Television Authority and AFRA merged to create the new union, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. Better. Yes. More so, concise. So let's jump ahead to the merger of these two unions. Why would you think they would merge? Uh, because the, in some ways they cover the same, like there are two unions that should be working in harmony. You've basically separated TV and radio and film. Yeah. And why wouldn't they just then be under one umbrella? Basically, because SAG was created for film actors. Right. And this was for film, uh, for radio and television actors. I wonder so. if this is what kept a lot of people from switching over. Like, there there was always that thing of, if you did television, you didn't do film. If you did right. film, you didn't do television. Right. It was uh, definitely something that was in existence until pretty recently. Yeah, sure. But now it's a lot easier because you're all part of one union. Well, that's partly it. But what you might also not... You've heard the phrase sister unions, right? Correct. Basically, if you managed to become a member of Actors' Equity, AFTRA, or SAG, you are then eligible, without having worked in the oh, at all, okay. of joining the other unions. Sure. You just have to pay the initiation Dude. fee. Sure, which sure, is, sure. Which is what anyone has to do, really. Not those, not Eddie Cantor. <laughs> no, the Jews go to the Cantor estate. <laughs> Great. Clearly. Basically, what happened is, because media expanded and grew so much there were all these kind of loopholes that no one knew who had jurisdiction over certain things it wasn't standardized in a way that always made sense okay so some tv shows would have after contracts and some would have sag contracts yeah that is confusing so basically what happened is in the early 2000 teens is that what we call it yeah in the in the tens, sure. I guess whatever. But oh, I guess also that was about the time that streaming and stuff was coming up. Yep. So then, in addition to everything else, and do you consider that TV or film? There's that. There's YouTube and web videos and web content. Right. There was all these forms of new media coming up, and the unions were realizing that because they're so old fashioned in a lot of ways, they needed to strengthen themselves and just to simply like flatten everything that they're doing to make it make sense. Mm -hmm. So SAG and AFTRA decided that they wanted to merge the people on the boards for both of them. Right. And they had to do votes internally within each union. Right. Each, it, each union had to vote yay. Yeah. At the time, I was first a member of AFTRA. 
Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I was first a member of AFTRA because those were the television contracts I was doing at the time for mm. some reason. And I joined Equity and SAG through that. What I did notice was the people who were in SAG had a tendency to look down on people who were right. just in AFTRA because AFTRA includes a lot of like daytime talk show personalities and like sports broadcasters. Not artists. Exactly. Not like true actors, which is stupid. Right. But there was that kind of thing in the air. But both uh, unions agreed to it, and the merge happened on March 30th, 2012. Currently, there are over 110,000 active members in SAG-AFTRA, with around 80,000 retired or withdrawn actors. Okay. So, there was that. Now, let's quickly talk about the awards that they decided to give out. Starting in 1963, they started giving Life Achievement Awards, which is slightly weird phrasing. Yeah. Yeah, like that just means like things that you accomplished, you achieved in life. In life, <laughs> what? How artist way? Yeah, it's such a weird <laughs> statement for it. Uh, SAG was doing this after it was not good. Uh, and guess who got the first one in 1963? Eddie Cantor. Yes, he did. And that was sort of sporadically uh, given out, not necessarily every year. Sort of became very regular in the 80s and 90s. And then in 1995, they decided to have their first actual awards show. And that award show included, actually, surprisingly, all uh, current awards except for the Stunt Ensemble Awards. Oh. They were, those were first in 2007. They announced, like, a winner in television and a winner in film, but didn't have, like, a list of nominees. And then the next year in 2008, they did. And it's a regular voted category. Okay. So now we get to my personal experience in doing this. And you happen to know a lot of this because yes. you've been having to live with me yep. and having to deal with this. Uh, I was officially invited in the spring of this year to join the SAG Awards NOMCOM. <laughs> I don't like NOMCOM. Yep. Which is strange that they, in the in the invitation letter, to not even write the full thing. NOMCOM <laughs> sounds like a communicator that only transmits eating noises. Nom, 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 nom. It's like, yum, yum, it just yum. Pac-Man sounds. It's like that. Yeah. No, it's exactly Do you like, like my Foley work? Oh, it's fantastic. Thank you. You're a true Eddie Cantor. Thank you. <laughs> a lot of people didn't know that he started as a Foley artist. <laughs> What's the name of the guy from uh, Police Academy that does all those sounds? Michael Winslow? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, I think so. Okay. Get But get it? His name was Eddie Cantor because he, he was best at horse noises. Oh, I'm on a streak. <laughs> so I'm not sure if I ever showed you that first letter that I got from them explaining all the rules they had to do. I don't think so. It's kind of amazing. It's clearly what has happened because when you're on the nomination committee, you are sent physical screeners of a lot of things, digital codes to be able to watch things online, but also you're invited to a lot of public screenings of things that have a lot of the actors or directors involved there to be able to have talkbacks afterwards. And I never like a talkback. I don't really either, so I did most of my stuff at home and on my own. But apparently they've been having a lot of experience of actors behaving inappropriately at these things. Like the people watching them? Yep. Oh, this does not surprise me. That people have been taking videos of stuff while it's happening, uh, approaching actors afterwards and being very inappropriate, either in like asking for autographs or asking about personal things. That this is not surprising. <laughs> This is every talkback I've ever been to. Right. 
But apparently it's gotten so bad that he said, if word gets out that any of this happens, you're removed from the committee. Uh, you also have to be anonymous so that no one can maybe somehow solicit extra stuff for you. Sure. Uh, so you're not you're allowed to tell your friends and family, but you're not allowed to post anything on social media, which is why we're doing this now rather because than because you're earlier. no longer on the nomination committee. Right. So it I'm free to talk a little bit about it. But basically, there's been a lot of bad behavior from a lot of actors involved in this to the point where they need to make sure you understand. Be better. Be a better person. Also, obviously, everything that they send you is encoded with a, your personal number on it. Right. Of course. So if you do try to basically pirate anything you get easily tracked yeah very easily as i said there's a voting block for films and voting blocks for television each group is 2500 people so it's actually surprisingly big yeah and i think with you being on it it kind of demystified it a little bit let me talk a little bit about the types of screeners they get for those of you who weren't living in this house (sighs) for the last few months basically every day multiple times a day we get like UPS packages dropping couriers like yeah things I had to sign for or not dropping off loads and loads of physical DVDs for stuff I'm looking at the pile right now yeah and it's like one and a half feet high and what's strange is that so many of them are for online shows no let, this is where I get to talk about this yeah, okay Go this ahead. process <laughs> you're generational mm-hmm. you do not need to send physical discs of netflix shows no and yet they sent both codes to get netflix Mm -hmm. then they sent uh things like pamphlets about the netflix shows and then also full after all this then they send full discs yes not necessary what a waste yeah i should also mention that i was put on this in the spring for the longest time i only got like occasionally a single like pamphlet saying to watch this show go yeah this code on this website and that was fine and it was interestingly mostly at first it was for stuff that tended not to get nominated right and it's like the hey you haven't gotten the onslaught yet like maybe you have yeah they know they knew they're like oh starting in september you're gonna get a bajillion things crazy thing is it wasn't even september uh i had to vote (sighs) oh so my cutoff date was december 8th for to be able at 5 p.m. to be able to do it online. I was still getting stuff on December 8th and December 7th. I actually got a couple things after that date, but I didn't get my first like actual like major stuff until like October or even November. It was November. You can do your best to try to watch as much stuff on your own beforehand, but basically they're asking you in a month and a half, watch everything. It's impossible. Let's also talk about the types of screeners I got, because this is something that I found fascinating. You know who did this so well? Apple TV Plus. Here's why. Oh, They they sent a code that allowed you to either through whatever system you're currently watching it or to go online into appletvplus.com or whatever. Put in this code, you were able to see every episode of every show they had, including ones that had not aired yet. Right. And that is amazing, and that is smart. You know who screwed up? Mrs. Maisel. Well, no. HBO. They gave you a code, no hard screeners, that only allowed you to see a couple episodes of things, including things that had already fully aired. (laughs) They had, like, one or two episodes of Watchmen up, and that's it, including after those uh, shows aired regularly. 
So basically, unless you had HBO, you wouldn't really get to watch much. You could see Barry and you could see Game of Thrones, but that was basically it. So guess which shows got nominated from HBO? Oh, was it those two shows? Yep. Veep didn't even get nominations, which is strange, which we'll go into the details of that. But basically, some people really did this well. Some didn't. I know Alexander's favorite or most bizarre thing we got, and that was Mrs. Yeah, Maisel. Yeah, Mrs. Maisel. Let me describe okay, yeah, this. You can explain this. Okay. This also almost <laughs> constituted a bribe. <laughs> it, this was strange. This constituted a I, I, I have a feeling that they need to take a look at this screener. Yeah. sag After needs to evaluate. So what comes in the mail is a very large box. Yep. Like a package. A full package. And it had inside was a pink, like, carrier carrying case yeah like a traveling makeup case yeah in the style in the style of like the 60s the show it was really cute but it had luggage tag on it Mm -hmm. it had a lock with a key a working lock on it you opened it up there was a souvenir like photo album Uh uh-huh there were with stills from the show with stills from the show there were coasters a Mm -hmm. set of like six or eight coasters Mm -hmm. there were heavy Heavy, like 10 heavy poker chips. Yep. And then the weirdest part. And this was something that was unclear what was happening. They had discs for the show. Two discs. Two discs. How many episodes were on that? Well, I could tell you. Yeah, please. Well, there were five episodes. How many episodes are in the show season? Eight. Hmm. Also, I should point out, interestingly, I got this kit. or I don't know, the whole kit and caboodle, whatever. A couple weeks before that season actually aired. And so at first I'm like, oh, this is interesting that they're really trying to make Which sure. Makes we sense. Get Which makes sense. Well, especially because the, sh- the series was going to air December 6th. So two days before that uh-huh. date. So they wanted to make sure you got in episodes. But apparently they didn't want you to get all the episodes. No, they wanted you to still tune in. I guess. Did they? Uh, this makes no sense oh, to me. I should also point out that I voted digitally online. There is an option to send in a uh, paper ballot with your choices, but that had to be received by December 7th. So so if you were doing a paper ballot, you wouldn't have been able to see those. So all these old union members that can't figure out how to they don't want to watch things on their computer. Yeah. Like, huh? what? Netflix, that's Internet. But they're still probably going to vote online. I don't understand. Last thing before we get into the actual votes themselves. They also send you the paper ballot with the information on it about who's eligible and all that stuff. Every individual category and performer are given numbers. You have to use those numbers when voting, even when voting online. So it doesn't have the name that you have to click or anything like that. They have oh. a number. So you have to cross-reference the packet. Yeah, they, they sent send you, you. They sent a book Yeah, with all the eligible things. It was bizarre it is and when you actually go into voting it's like a weird scantron test it, it, it's very strange because you're with one finger looking at the number and then you're going online <laughs> this it's like, is so it's confusing like, it is it feels like it's meant to screw you up somehow i don't know rather than why don't you type it in and then it like autofills or something because that's not how it works when you're voting for the actual winner you actually get the name i i guess <laughs> i mean there's a there that book was thick yes oh i should also mention so when we talked about the emmys the Emmys are very clear about they themselves deciding qualifications for what category things go into. Mm-hmm. SAG, the SAG Awards do not. No. They want networks or shows to submit themselves for consideration, but they also allow them to decide what category things go into. 
whether it's a comedy, a drama, or if it's a miniseries rather than a series. So whereas when we started watching a little bit of The Twilight Zone, the, oh, uh-huh. one, the Emmys consider that a series because each episode was under a certain length. Sure. Here they're considered a miniseries. <laughs> okay. So fun, fun stuff. But it also meant, and this is something that confused me, some shows really thought they would be eligible for stuff. Like, they wanted SAG's votes that yeah, I'm not really sure anyone actually voted for. Mm. And then there's, for some reason, shows completely missing and not allowed for no good reason. And the one that really surprised me was Saturday Night Live. Huh. Yeah. Like, I would assume if they were el- if they submitted themselves that they might get a vote for, like, Ensemble or for Kate McKinnon or something. Yeah, I don't know. But a number of cartoons are available, which, again, surprised me because they never got nominated. Right. So let's talk about the actual awards this year. This year. Yeah. For no, 2019. I... Yes. And again, these are called the 2020 SAG Awards, but it's for the stuff happened yeah, in yeah, 2019. Yeah. We don't need to go into all that again. <sighs> no, I can't. <laughs> but let me just talk about a couple weird things that happened in what actually got nominated. SAG really, really, really loves to posit itself as a major predictor for the Oscars when it comes to films. Mm-hmm. They do not do anything similar when it comes to the TV side of things. No. Golden Globes, which also vote on television on a calendar year rather than a season, they love to be the first to be able to give something an award. SAG does not care. No, they don't care. SAG doesn't care if it's the last or if it never gets there. Sure. They're very happy to kind of go, I don't know, give it to my friend Julia Louis-Dreyfus again. Sure. Like We don't need to look at this newfangled show. I wonder even how much people watch new stuff i don't think or, they do i think that i think what we've learned from this process is they don't i think it's so overwhelming when you're on the nomination committee that you're like eh. you watch what you watch you watch you watch which gets nominated and then once it's nominated people are like well that one yeah there's a reason why things get nominated over and over and over again even when it season's not necessarily as good as it n- was. clearly not everyone is you yeah so this year a couple weird things happened first of all Sandra Oh, who won for last year, mm-hmm. is not nominated. Weird. For Best Actress in a Drama Series. Also not nominated, and this surprised the hell out of me. You know what, who, what show nobody watched, apparently? Pose. Well, Billy mm. Porter did not get nominated. Who just won an Emmy. Famously. Like, I don't know. Like, milestone level. Julius Dreyfus did not get her nomination ever. <laughs> like, she got nominated and won for almost every... So she she got nominated for every season of Veep except for this one and won most of them. In fact, she won both Veep and her won for Ensemble and Actress in a Comedy Series. Last time was eligible in 2018. Yeah. Sterling K. Brown got nominated again, as he has for every season of This Is Us. Okay. Including when it was only half of a season when it first started. And the show won Ensemble for 2018 and 2019, but the Ensemble was not nominated this year. Okay. Yeah, remember how I mentioned William H. Macy? Well, he didn't get nominated this year <laughs> because I'm assuming it had to do with all the uh, college admission scandals. Too. I'm sure. Also, all the olds have moved on to Kaminsky Method. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, God. Those sounds are because I hate that show. <laughs> I refuse to watch that show. You know how Barry is... A good show? Take that, and remove the darker elements of it, just, and just make everyone older. Cool. You know what his entire storyline? How he has trouble peeing. That, <laughs> that's not good writing. He 
got almost arrested by get breaking into his car to get uh, Viagra pills so that he could have sex with his maybe girlfriend. And the cops applaud him. Like, yay, you had sex with her. Aren't you awesome? There's something weird. You know how the mule is like this weird fantasy yes, about yes. this is a comedy version yep, of that. Yep. It's a, no, it's exactly that. And as we said, most new shows that are up don't get a lot of attention, except when they do. This year, we didn't have Pose, we didn't have Succession, we didn't have Watchmen, we didn't have Russian Doll, but you know what we did get? A, a whole lot of morning show. Uh, yeah. And also Dead to Me got a nomination. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. And last little detail, Elizabeth Moss is going to lose again to somebody from The Crown. <laughs> I don't mean rude, but she has not won for Handmaid's Tale yet. Well. And Olivia Coleman is there. Well, we know <laughs> Olivia Coleman likes to sweep in and steal awards from people. Yes. Hello, Glenn Close. Maybe next year. <laughs> Let's talk briefly about what I did vote for, because we're talking about a lot of stuff. I'm not going to say everything on this. Uh, no, I, would, I hope you do not. I'm just going to show Alexander, though. Here is a list that I kept for myself so I could keep track of what's going on. What are some of the first categories called? To, oh, to watch? Yeah. This includes stuff that I <laughs> hoped to maybe get to if I had time. Two, four, and, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen. I would say it's at least like, I'd say 50 shows. That I couldn't even get to. That you to. didn't even get to. Yeah. And, and the uh, stars were things that were like higher on the list. Yeah. And that's still one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. And, oh. and that's just, I think, one category you're looking at because that was drama. Now flip to comedy. Comedy and, is and, like another TV movies and stuff. Comedy is like another 20. Yeah. So basically, what I'm trying to say is I did my best, but I couldn't get there. So if there's a show you absolutely love and. Oh, I, and I movie it, miniseries. Yep. Don't even get that. <laughs> that's another 50, 20 or so. Yeah. So almost 100 stuff st- things I couldn't even get you to. couldn't get to. And but I did get to quite a you few. You did get to a lot. Yeah. yeah. So basically, I'm going to say, I'm sorry if I didn't vote for your thing. Also, there are many things I loved, and I get to it, and I have to pick five. Right. And you just can't pick everything. No. And in fact, I'm actually not going to, in just going over these things with you, go into most of the individual categories. But one of my favorites are the ensembles. It's something that's very unique. SAG yeah, Awards do I, it's, it. Very few other It was do always it. my favorite. Growing up, mm-hmm. if I watched the SAG Awards, mm-hmm. that was my favorite category. Yeah. And it's also fascinating to me when I look at the list that the, gets submitted for an individual show, who's included on that list and who is not. That's that's a whole other episode. Yeah, that's just a whole, that's a whole big deal. A lot of SAG voters get confused by this category, mm-hmm. and they like to say, oh, this is my favorite show. So that should that's be it. Not what that's not what it is. Means. So my pick, despite some really awesome shows for best ensemble in a drama series, I ended up picking Handmaid's Tale. Okay. The Morning Show. Okay. Pose. Okay. Succession. Uh Uh-huh. And Watchmen. Okay. Yeah. Oh, also, you know me. I like to be a contrarian sometimes or something. And if it's close for me between a couple different things, I like to like, well, maybe this will help push so-and-so. Yeah. Like, into that so yeah there are some like the crown is a great cast but it's going to get nominated i wasn't worried about it right you use yours more as the like hope to push any of these shows up into the exactly and what did get nominated big little lies makes sense okay the crown makes sense game of thrones makes sense yeah it's only an ensemble yeah handmaid's tale 
Yes, okay. I voted for that. Funny. Yeah. I got one right. Because the last one is Stranger Things. No. Uh, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> stop it. Oh, I also want to point out that this the ensemble list of like everyone that's included in this nomination, the drama shows tend to be larger than the comedies. Sure. Big Little Eyes had 22 people, including all the children. What? The children did nothing. The Crown had 12. Game of Thrones had 29. So somehow Big Little Lies no. have only slightly more than no. Big Little Lies. No, I don't like this. <laughs> Big Little Lies, you didn't need to get those. I'm sorry. A, that child does not need an award. <laughs> Handmaid's Tale had 14. Stranger Things had 21. No, stop it. <laughs> stop it. I don't like this. I No, I, I don't like this. <laughs> You're just waving it away. Yeah, you like, need to move on. Or I'm going to end the podcast at this exact moment. I don't like that. All right, we're going to go to Comedy Ensemble. I voted for a Black Lady Sketch Show. Uh-huh. Bob's Burgers. Yes. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes. Schitt's Creek. Yes. And The Good Place. Great. All great choices. And again, like, I don't think Black Lady Sketch Show had much of a chance, but no. it's a really good ensemble. It, it's a yeah. tight knit. They know what they're doing. Yep. There's That was a hard category because there was a lot that I sure. wanted to. Let's look at what they chose. Okay. Some of these I don't disagree with barry kaminsky method barry did get nominated 17 people and i'm totally on board with that because that is actually a good ensemble okay and strangely enough for our things a lot of people on the good place are also on barry so oh great great fleabag oh good choice okay only six people yes which great i'm all for this then kaminsky method how many people 11 okay which is crazy because it's essentially a three-person show and then his acting class no and all those people in the acting class no matter how bad they no. are no yep marvelous mrs Maisel, which again makes sense with 13 people but do you know who's not in that list who sterling k brown why i don't know if you haven't seen the new season he's a new character in yeah it, but he's in like if there's eight episodes I, he's in like six of the episodes no no i don't like this i don't like this I, what it is is because he was a guest star on it rather than an official cast but member. it's still this it's, season i know it's weird oh and then and that didn't stop excuse me that did not stop other shows from doing that exact same thing exactly but here's the one that's going to make you very happy Shit's creek yay and to be clear i'm saying that s-c-h-i-t-t apostrophe s yeah we know yeah. you wouldn't have said it other way yeah it, which included 11 people. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, kudos, TV people. You did a couple good things right. Yeah, and then so much no. Oh, so, so much weirdness on other things. And as with everything, mine is just a very opinionated viewpoint. You literally call this podcast <laughs> a, a highly, highly opinionated, opinionated podcast. Yes, but there are some things that are incorrect. You could love Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin as much as you like, and give them individual nominations. Don't that promote is, this that show. That is not the best ensemble for a comedy show. No. How? No, I haven't even <laughs> seen it. <laughs> but, okay, Boomer. I don't know. <laughs> you gotta have one last chance. Yeah. I mean, there's little things that made me, like, very happy. One is that Andrew Scott got an individual yeah. nomination for actor in no, a comedy show. As did Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Judy Cummer. Uh, Comer. Comer. I always say, say that. that. I don't know why I can't say that. Right? I don't know. She got a nomination, even if Sandra O oh didn't. Sure. Which, you know, lovely. Spreading the love. Exactly. Chits Creek got an ensemble, and uh, O'Hara got an individual nomination. Great. I'm very much on board with a lot of these things. Perfect. But really, you can't find room for Billy Porter. But 
Sure, Peter Dinklage and David Harbour, individual noms. At least none of those kids got nominated. <laughs> oh, the one last thing I'd say, because this is something that confused you like crazy when we were talking about this stuff before, when I was trying to figure out who I was voting for. In television, there's no supporting category. Right. So there's a lot of weird things that end up happening where you get someone who's comp- clearly not the lead of a show getting nominated in the same category as someone who is, which is a little strange and you get because it's television, an individual episode can be more about a supporting person or not. It does lead to a lot of hedging and people getting in or people left out who you would imagine would be included. Sure. Which is, you know, it's an odd little beast. And if you think we're an odd little beast, (laughs) be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this and all the Thwarping family of podcasts. That includes Podleadum, which is taken off. It's America's Next Top Model podcast. Yeah. Or the Bee cast, where we talk about honeybees. No, no, it's it's kind of... It's the opposite of Schitt's Creek. We can't say the title of that one. No, we cannot. (laughs) Uh, And be sure to... Rate, review, and subscribe. Did I ever say that? I'm not sure. Well, I'm saying again. Rate, yeah. review, and subscribe. And tell your friends. And, t- you know, what I would love in reviews is tell us, you know, your opinion. Yeah. Tell me what I did wrong. Yeah. I, I'm so happy whenever I get that. You can uh, direct all of those questions. <laughs> Don't. I mean, you can reach out to me at Yet Charming anywhere. You could commiserate with him about yeah. having to do this. Yeah. You could reach me primarily through Instagram, I guess. Watch all the playbills that I put up for things I see at Christopher C. Basile. And from It's an Honor Just to Be Podcasted, I'm Christopher Basile. And I'm Alexander Price. And not Eddie Cantor. Mm. Clip-clop, 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 clip-clop. Clip-clop. <laughs> <laughs>